Hi friends, today's episode is all about the game of chess. Now I have to admit, I don't play chess. <laughs> I really, I don't really play games. I play checkers, I play Uno, that's about it. But my kids all play chess and I totally enjoy watching them strategize and, and try to win at this game. I love hearing their thoughts, I love hearing their reasonings, it's quite intriguing for me, even though after watching them, I still have no clue how to play chess. <laughs> but I guess, you know what? I do know one thing about chess. I know what checkmate means. It means you won. I'm really, really excited to have my oldest son, Jordan, today here on this episode. Let's pick his brain about those lessons that he's learned related to the game of chess. Hi, I'm Kathy Rotes. I'm an executive leadership coach, certified with John Maxwell, and an upper level leader of a direct selling company. I get to teach and coach leadership and practice what I preach with my growing team. It's no secret that every person in the world is unique. Each person has unique strengths and talents. They may be similar to another's, but it's not the same. If we know this, then why do we get frustrated with ourselves when we try something the same way someone else did it and they succeeded at it, but it does not work for us? We are forgetting that our strengths and talents make us different. We need to be thinking differently to cater to who we are. When someone or something says no to us, let's get excited about that challenge. Let's lean into it. Let's find our yes. This podcast will challenge your thinking and your habits. We will challenge you to go for no, so you can be blessed with a yes. Welcome to the podcast that will challenge you in thinking differently. Thank you for joining me for episode number 30. Checkmate. <laughs> I'm Kathy. I'm Jordan. Welcome, Jordan, to the Thinking Differently podcast. I'm very excited to have you with me today. So excited to be your big fan. Oh, whoa, <laughs> thank you. So you listen, too. I love it. Every episode. <laughs> okay, so I want to I pick your brain because this whole game of chess is very intriguing to me. I, I got on the online chess system, website, whatever that you showed me, and it's really kind of nice because it gives me little hints on where I can move things. I still don't have a clue. I still have no clue what all these different pawns, is that right? Yes. Is that, are they all called pawns? No, just the front row. Oh, <laughs> I, I still have no clue. I, I can't figure, and I'm pretty good at troubleshooting. I can't figure this out. So, so talk to me here about chess. It does have quite a learning curve, and that's, I think, the draw to it. It actually got a huge resurgence in the past year because of uh, the Netflix show, The Queen's Gambit, um, which is a great show, great book. Um, it, but uh, it's very, it just kind of romanticizes the, the game and and the rich history behind it. Um, she describes it in the book as she looks at the board and she sees the, the power that the pieces have stretching across the board or, or where they can move to. And that's like where its influence is and everything like that. It's really, like I said, romanticized in the book and really, really cool. And I think that's why the game got such a huge resurgence in the last year. If you go online, you'll see all these people streaming chess like they're playing chess while people are talking to them online it's, it's really really cool um so just like you kind of stream all these video games that you guys play you play with people all over the world that's what people are doing with this game of yeah chess. it got a huge boom in, in viewership just because 
people are interested. People want to learn this. And and like you found out, it's got a learning curve <laughs> <laughs> beyond just knowing what the pieces can do, where it can move and, and what it all you need. You need to strategize. You need you need to know what you're doing. There's literally whole books written on just the first opening moves. Oh. And like there's literally names for almost every configuration of moves, you know, like um, in the Queen's Gambit, she loves the Sicilian defense. I love the Scandinavian defense. That's my favorite opening. It's just it's all these different combinations within the first few moves has a name to it, you know? So Somebody has gone out and figured out all the possible first few moves. Well, it's it... been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. So it's like true. since then, you know, I could talk your ear off with its history and where it came from. That's okay, who's one that? of my books I'm reading. Who's that, who's that um, really good chess player? Bobby Fischer. Bobby Fischer. There's a movie about... Well, yeah. Yeah, it's a movie about him, actually. Yeah, he actually... Uh, he's renowned for... So back in the 70s, you know, Cold War era, um, Bobby Fischer was renowned for beating the Russian world champion. And in a world championship, you play 24 games. Oh. 24 chess games. And you don't stop once, you know, someone's won 13. You finish the 24, you know? And uh, and at the end of the 24, the Russian world champion stood up and, and clapped for Bobby Fischer. And uh, so that was huge. That was like a big win for America, you know, with all the Cold War. It's like we beat the Russians at their own game because they took chess seriously. Like they someone compared it to wolves and dogs. You know, <laughs> we were dogs trying to trying to fend off the wolves. You know, wow. they just the Russians were the best in the world at, at something like that. Um, so it was, it was such a big monument and like kind of the Queen's Gambit kind of references that, but it was, takes place before Bobby Fischer. But, you know, when she's at her final game, you know, one of the, one of her opponents, she's like in a tournament, she, he applauds her, he applauds her and the whole auditorium applauds with them. So it was, it was, it's really, really cool and great piece of history, um, and great piece of history for the game, you know, not just the world, but for the game. So that's that's what I mean when I say that the the game just has this you know romanticized look and rich rich history uh, within it. Um, okay, so hold on real quick because as I think back to your younger years, there's two things that define you and your brother. You guys were a lot alike in, in your elementary and middle school and high school. Do you know what they were? No. Readers. <laughs> And chess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys always had a book in your hand, and you always had these little chess games. You the had little so many... mini blue blue chess thing. Yeah. <laughs> so small, Dad and I could barely tell what the pieces were. <laughs> and you boys kept yourself entertained with these little. Whether we were we were driving or at a doctor's office or whatever, you'd pull out a book or you'd pull out a chess game. Mm -hmm. So you guys have have done this for a long time. They they actually changed the rules so Jake could be in the chess club in elementary school. He was too young, oh. but we're like, but he really wants to play, so they changed the rules for Jacob. Yeah. And he was really good. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was better than some of the people in there, yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Okay, so the other day, I went on this website that you guided me to, and I played two games because it was the very entry level, and it told me where I can move. Yeah. The first game, I lost in three moves. <laughs> the second game, I couldn't lose. I wanted to reset, and there was no reset button, so yeah. I'm like, I'll just quickly lose, and I couldn't lose. I don't have a clue what I was doing. All I know is my king and my queen were nowhere where they should be, and I was still <laughs> winning. I don't know. Okay, but but you and Dad, you and Dad sat down the other day and played a game. Yeah, much to you, your guys' complaints, and, and <laughs> but then when I said, no, this is for an illustration, then you were all on board. 
Um, but yeah, so I made you a deal, only five moves, you know, five moves. So we went a little over five moves. But then at the end, he he thought he was in great position. He's like, oh, I was in great position. And I'm like, no, you're not. Because I, I saw some things where if he did what he wanted to do, I would have punished him. I would have moved in. I would have said, no, I would have taken that piece. It would have left an opening for me. You would have said, checkmate. <laughs> Eventually, yes, yes. Um, but that's that's kind of the game of chess. You know, you need to know what your opponent's planning and plan for that, or be able to react and get a strategy around that. The good, the best players can plan their moves like ten moves beyond where they are in the board at that moment. That's crazy. You know, I can maybe do three because you're anticipating what the other person's going to do. Exactly, and. And there's a whole science to it. I, I told you the story of there's puzzles where you need to get checkmate in three moves. And the bet, the only way to do that is to force a move here, put pressure here, threaten this piece here. And throughout that, you can force a checkmate. Jake and I stayed up till 1 a.m. doing these puzzles. Recently. Together. Yeah, recently. <laughs> like Jake just came in my room and we were just doing them together. And it's like, well, what if we move this piece, go there? I'm like, well, no, that's covered by the bishop over here. And it was just, it was really, really fun. But that's part of the whole, you have to think, how's your opponent going to react if I do this? And um, How does and, this relate to anything in life, though? Well, the word that, uh, that a lot of people like to throw around nowadays is empathy. You know, have some empathy. Be, you know, be empathetic. And that's all chess is, is empathy. The definition of empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Being able to step into their shoes, you know, dad says walk a mile in their shoes. Think of how how much more effective you would be is if before you take a move, you flip the board around and look at it from the other person's side. Oh. I see my opponent's pieces as my pieces. What would I do if I did this? What would my reaction be? And a lot of lower level chess players don't grasp that a lot. They just move pieces and they have an idea, but the moment a wrench is thrown in there or I take that star piece that they were banking on using, what do they do? You know, what's going on? And that's a lot like life. You know, people just don't, they're unwilling, they're incapable of, of being able to adopt that philosophy of trying to see things through another's eyes. You know, uh, we don't always have to agree with, how another person feels or believes or anything like that, but being able to understand them or, or being able to, to kind of put your thoughts to the side for a second and to adopt theirs is so effective. You know, you're not playing a game of life. Think of it as playing chess, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm thinking a lot right now about behavioral styles. Yes. I teach a lot. That's the disc behavioral styles. This is all connected. Because if I want to be a better communicator, I need to consider the style of who I'm talking to. I need to adapt my words, my approach, my body language. I need to turn the board and look at it from their angle if I want to connect with them. Yeah. Whoa. So <laughs> Jacob, Jacob's very much a C, you know, and he's not social. He does not like to hang out. He doesn't. Doesn't really like Unless you're to. looking at puzzles that relate to chess. <laughs> well, yeah. He'll get interest once in a while. But if I come home and just say, hey, Jake, let's do something, I'm going to be met with a resounding no. You know? 
It's so instead of what I learned to get Jake to do something, you have to warm him up to it. You know, he has to sit on it for a little bit or you need to like build it up. So I'll come home, come in and be like, Hey Jake, how was your day? You know, start the conversation. And then, you know, as we get talking, I'll say, Hey, remember how much fun we had doing this, blah, blah, blah. And we'll reminisce on it and, and just get talking. He'll get excited about that. I'll be like, you want to go, you want to go do something? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm not manipulating. Yeah, him. I was just gonna say this sounds manipulative. It sounds manipulative, but he has fun doing this yeah. with me. You know, I'm just, and he can still say no, but I'm kind of like encouraged. I'm, I'm, I'm applying what I know in his learning style or who he is. Yeah, and that's how I, how I approach it. Well, you know? you know, manipulation could be one word you put to that, but. I absolutely agree. I think we do have to communicate in the words that people are going to connect with. And, you know, I, I learned really young that when you want something, you need to ask dad at least three times. My dad would always say no the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and the second, but maybe the third. And then he comes around, you know, hey, dad, can I have a car? No. Are you sure? Because I'm going to go to college. Can I get a car? No. And then he comes home with a Mustang. <laughs> Well, the car I wanted was this old truck that had no back end to it. It was so beer. He said, no, you're not going to get that vehicle. I'm going to get you something better. So, you know, he needed to marinate and find me exactly what his vision was. A lot like Jake. Yeah. A lot like Jake. And, and so, yes, I agree. It's, 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 it's if you want to call it manipulation, but I guarantee everybody does it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but that that's another kind of big thing I want to, I want to stress is, this whole metaphor of chess and, and the real world and real life, don't see others as your opponents. Ooh. You know, you're not out Ooh. to win. It's not just you against the world most of the time. <laughs> A lot of the time you're working with teammates, you're working with uh, coworkers, you're working, you know, people that ultimately have the same goal as you, but to get there, y'all need to work together. Y'all need to, to work as a unit. It's not easy to do, when people are so different, you know, mm -hmm. if you adopt this philosophy of, of I'm playing chess into dealing with other people and, and, and accomplishing goals, you know, it's, it's not, you're not out to beat others. You want to use it as a tool to accomplish more for yourself, for your team, whatever you, you choose. I love what you said earlier. This isn't a game of life or monopoly. We live a game of chess. This is so, so deep. We need to use it in our everyday life to win, to call checkmate. I hope this topic has challenged you in thinking differently as you strive to grow from success to world-class. Please follow this podcast, visit our websites, and follow Unity Consulting and Chef Kathy on Facebook. That's Chef like a cook, C-H-E-F. Be sure to share this with your friends. I look forward to connecting with you next time to challenge your habits so that you are more efficient and fully empowered.